We are in Come Follow Me week 24, which is Luke 22 and John 18. And we're going to center in Luke 22. And if I've already shared this story, I'm sorry. Um, but this spring, right before my daughter McKinley went on her mission, I was in the temple and had the thought that we should change the date that we had set. Two of the people in the temple presidency were from our ward. And so I wanted her to be able to have one of them as her person that came in and talked to her and prepared her and helped her to get ready to go and have this incredible experience. And so as I looked at the dates, I also realized that my grandmother, who she is named for, um, it was her birthday on the one of the dates. And so we changed the day um, that she would go through. And as I was on the phone to change the day, I heard a voice and my oldest daughter came up the stairs and said, Mom, you need to tell them it's for two people. And she had um, planned to surprise me. I did not know. And it was a week before she had planned to be there and surprise me. And it was just this incredible experience to have these two daughters go through and get their endowment and such a special special experience and that night as I went to bed a steady stream of insecurities started to fill my mind and all these thoughts of Things that I had done in the past as a mother started to come to my mind because not all of my children were there. Not all of them were worthy. And I went through the night feeling worse and worse and worse about myself as a mother. And by the time I woke up, I truly believed that the Lord was chastising me that I needed to repent and that he was allowing me to know the things that I had done wrong. That truly was my thinking. And I was in deep despair and I had not gotten much sleep. And luckily I was scheduled to work the next day at the temple. So I got ready to go to the temple and went up. And as I walked in to start my shift, all of those thoughts went quiet and I worked my shift in the temple and as I left and got in the car all of a sudden it dawned on me that all of those thoughts and feelings had gone quiet and I realized who was the author of all of that negativity and I could not believe that I had allowed myself to be talked to and treated that way all night. And I started to pray and just thank the Lord for having that go silent. Thank the Lord for what a blessing it was to be back in the temple. Thank the Lord for being reminded the promises and the covenants and how his spirit shows up in our life. And the thought that came to me is if you feel this way, Imagine how he is attacking your daughters who have now made these covenants with him. And it was such a beautiful reminder to me 
of the difference between our Heavenly Father and Satan. And one of the things that I love about the scriptures is that it illustrates so clearly to us how Heavenly Father shows up in our life and how Satan does, how the adversary does. And I've said before in seminary, I love having the kids go through Joseph Smith history, that first section, and have them compare and contrast how the adversary showed, showed up in the grove and how Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ showed up in the grove and the difference in the two. And the reason that I love that is because I want them to understand those languages and how they appear to us are very different. You will find words like doomed, despair, darkness, destruction, bound, as we talk about the adversary. And you will see words like light, enlightened, called by name, love, peace, And all of that is so important for these kids to recognize who is speaking to them, who they are being influenced by. And I love that at my age, that was so powerfully illustrated to me again, so that I would know that never changes. Satan never is going to have a time where he gives up on you, where he thinks, okay, she's earned the next life. We're good. I would think in each level, even the apostles, he will attack even harder, but they have learned what it is to pair with God. And so I feel like in in these chapters, that's what was so powerfully taught to me. And so I want to start in Luke 22, verse 2. And it says, And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. So they're not going to do it in front of the people, right? In secrecy. So they're trying to plot in secret this evil thing. Verse 3, Then entered Satan into Judas. Why? Because, verse 4, he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him. Verse 5, and they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And I love this word covenant because we are told in the scriptures we can either be sealed Christ's and God's or we can be sealed Satan's. He is the master counterfeiter. He tries to mimic everything the Lord promises And it's so important we recognize that in verse 6. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Darkness, secrecy, those are all tools of Satan. So now I want to jump down into verse 31. And I think if you think of yourself, this he says to all. And the Lord said, Aaron... Behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. 32, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. The Lord wants us to succeed. And there's such an illustration if you jump to verse 43, and he's in the garden and he's doing the atonement and it says and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him there will be angels in our life and i know that i have said before one of the times i went to visit sister irene 
I walked in and she said to me, who are all these people you have brought with you? And it was such a beautiful thing for me to hear and realize we have angels. They are on our right and our left and they go before our face. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. And that's so important for us to know. And that Christ prays for us that we fail not. 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So when we are in despair, pray more earnestly. Get to the temple. Do those things that endow us with his power. 45, and I love this only because I feel it's so important to realize, and when he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And so often this is used as they were weak too. Look, they fell asleep on the job. They didn't do what he needed them to do, but that is not how I take this at all. When it says sleeping from sorrow, I know what that looks like as a mom. I know what that is to be in such despair, to not know what else I can do, to have exhausted all of my strength and to hope that the Lord will send angels. I think that shows what they did. They were exhausted. They walked with him. They did all in their power and then had to trust the Lord. And I think that is such a beautiful example to us. And then in 53, it says, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth not your hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. 61. And the Lord turned, and this is right after Peter the cock crows. And the Lord turned and looked on Peter, and Peter remembered. And to me, what that says is, I knew, Peter, I knew there would be times that you would deny me, that you would betray me, that you would not follow. Repent. And Peter weeps, and he does. And I think that is such a beautiful example for all of us. I love this example of light versus darkness. One of my favorite stories is in Moses, when Moses says to Satan, who art thou and where is thy light? I perceive it as darkness, for I am a child of God. It is so important we remember who we are and whose power we are endowed with. He prays for us that our faith fails not. And I love that. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.